Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another explosive episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. And Sunday, 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 come down to the arena to check out Monster Trucks. I always wanted to do like an ad like that, right? Oh, man. There was like probably a year there in my early childhood where I really thought monster trucks were really, really cool. I mean, not that they're not, but, you know, I was like into it. You remember Bigfoot? Yeah, Bigfoot and Gravedigger. Those are are the only two I remember, right? But I know that there there was like some dinosaur one that was was like a big mech and it would just like eat a car or whatever. Yeah, Um, it was like a giant... T-Rex that had like it come down like a like a like a backhoe or something and just like demolish those things. Yeah, I never got to go. Um Me but either. when I was a wee lad, I got to do another activity that I greatly enjoyed at the time that was also mm-hmm. rather explosive. Uh I was really into professional wrestling when I was really yeah when I was like uh you know between like seven and ten years old mm-hmm. you know I just really thought professional wrestling was the, the coolest thing there was and I was a oh, yeah. huge fan of Hulk Hogan uh oh in, totally in particular right and it was it was really cool and my parents were super into it because he was all about that sort of like Americana and home value yeah. stuff you know, but I was into the other ones like Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage and all those guys. And oh, yeah, uh, Brett the Hitman Heart, uh, you know, yeah, that was that that was the era that that I was kind of growing up with it. in. you know, before Stone Cold and before, um, you know, The Rock, even, you know, yeah. and uh, anyway, one time I got to to actually go to a live event and uh, with my dad, oh, I remember he, he took me to that and that was really cool. Um, I must have been rad. So I got I, to go to pro know, wrestling, but not, but not monster trucks there. There's uh, I know a few people who are still like very into pro wrestling and, mm-hmm. you know, there's for plenty the of adults for, that love it. Yeah. Oh, totally. And for, for the longest time, I, I always kind of looked down my nose at it. Like I was one of those people who, if I talked to someone who was into pro wrestling, I'd go, you know, that's all fake. Right. And they're, yeah. and of course they're looking at me like I'm the biggest jerk ever. Like, yeah, because it, that, that comment, that comment like, does make you a jerk. <laughs> right. It does. It does make me a jerk and I don't say it anymore. That's right. Now, like I've, I've talked to some people, um, even some like big game industry folks, uh, who who are huge into pro wrestling and i'm like okay like sell me on it right and they're like okay even if it's like air quotes fake like you know they stage the production and you know the outcomes are figured out and everything like even so it's still acting yes and you know like I don't think movies are less legitimate because they're planned. Um, so that was actually a decent argument. I was like, Oh, 
I never really thought about it like that. Sure, and then on yeah. top of that, they're like, now think about movies. Most actors, especially if you're looking at action movies, um, you know, a lot of these actors will usually use stunt doubles. In fact, in a lot of cases, because of union stuff, they literally have to use stunt doubles where professional wrestlers like there's no swapping people out like you're no, doing they, your these own guys stunts. are stuntmen there's they're stuntmen yeah. and women and they do their stuff for real and they get really injured like it yeah you know so it's fake but also very real in a different sense right like right there you know uh, did you ever watch glow by the way which i really enjoyed that was on um I want to say that was on Netflix for a while. And it, I, it, I think I saw it like the, the, the graphic for it was had kind of like neon lettering, that sort of thing. Yeah, right? that's right. And it, it started yeah. Alison Brie from community. I don't, and uh, I don't think I did see it, but uh, I, um, I was aware that it yeah. was there. I, I mm-hmm. greatly enjoyed it. it. I greatly enjoyed it. If you, if you'd ever watched like, um, Orange is the New Black it had a very similar feel. Uh, in fact, I think it shared some writers. But anyway, was it like a roller derby thing? No, it was professional wrestling, but it was women's oh, wrestling. It was professional wrestling. But cool. I, I want to say one of the characters, because it's been a while, but I want to say one of the characters actually did come from roller derby, right? So that might have been. Oh, weird. cool. You probably saw like a trailer or something for it. Anyway, um, they kind of get into the the drama of it and like there's some degree of improv and there's some degree of, of course, they just train, 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 train to be able to do these things and not hurt themselves. And they still do get hurt, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're trying to push themselves as far as they can to do to wow the crowd and, and keep people coming because people aren't going to just watch the safest thing they've ever seen. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Bret Hart who like who died falling from a uh like from the rafters or something? He I was, think it was doing Owen, like a, I think it was Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Who, I think it was Owen Hart that died. I don't think it was Brett. I think Brett's still it was, around. It was like it was, but it was that's the one other of those thing though guys. Is, is that a lot of wrestlers like don't live long. Like I think um Oh no. A lot of these guys are dead or they have like suffered grievous injuries that have like affected well, them into life. You know, stuff that's very similar to, you know, a lot of the stuff you we've been hearing, uh, especially in recent years about like the NFL. You're seeing things like that with I mean, pro wrestlers have been dealing with that stuff forever, like, you know, hardcore concussions and like they're just their bodies oh, yeah. no. are completely annihilated and not to mention the the brains and stuff you know it's it's pretty crazy right. that's why i like this hobby man <laughs> this yeah is, because we can know? pretend to be maniacs <laughs> yeah, and then really go good. inside and uh just you know throw something in the microwave and you're fine i, I do think <laughs> professional wrestling though did kind of inform a lot of things kind of as i moved into to other nerd mediums and you know professional oh, sure. wrestling's in that weird place where is it it's kind of like a nerd thing but it's also kind of like mainstream it's sort of in the middle uh, not, not mainstream per se but it's for uh how can i put this without saying something offensive um well it's a very testosterone fueled right. it's a very hobby, sort right? of masculine sort of thing yeah um 
but I mean, but the, but people of all types like them. I mean, uh, one of, one of our mutual friends that's like um, definitely on the other side of of that spectrum. You know, absolutely loves wrestling and you know often posts about it and that sort of thing. So, what do I know? What do I know? I I actually have uh, recently uh, like I tried asking some folks who are uh, who are still into pro wrestling like i was like okay i know that what a lot of these folks love about pro wrestling is kind of the history and the legacy behind a lot of these people and like some of these uh the wrestlers especially these guys uh some of which have gone like independent or changed organizations and stuff some of these guys have like really long legacies at least to their character um you know like the undertaker has been around for how long and it's been like different guys even i think and stuff like that um but i was like how does somebody who has been out of the pro wrestling scene who has who doesn't know next to anything about it how do you like get into it i've i wonder about that like even with uh with pro sports like football and stuff too like you got all these people that well, like the people look fans. at what we do and they ask the same question right like yeah, that's true like how do you even get into this you know and it it can be really foreign and strange i mean i totally get it i think you know a lot of people compare uh professional wrestling to to soap operas actually uh, yeah because because it's not just about the athleticism, but it's also about the drama between the drama. matches and, yeah. you know, building up that rivalry <laughs> so that when that match does happen, you know, it's you're more invested and you're into the the, the kind of storyline that's happening. And um, so I, 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 I totally get it. But, Absolutely. you know, for, for whatever reason, at a certain point, I just I didn't quite enjoy it as much. Um, I think that's how it is for for a fair yeah. segment of people. Um, I I definitely have uh, I I definitely have respect for it now. Where before I I kind of you know I I speak derisively about it or yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but now I I even if I'm not into it, I at least now understand and respect it far more than I used to. Well, so, I need to go back and think about it a little bit more because one of the players in the patron game is essentially playing a professional wrestler. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I need to get that vibe back. I need to like find him some like walkout music and I need to Leroy give him some, uh, you know, opportunities to do vignettes and, you know, oh, nice, you know, and, and I'm probably going to, give him a magical chair to hit someone with, you know, something like that. You know, we we, we got to hit all the beats, you know, so I have to remember what all the beats are. Yeah. I mean, like that definitely, uh, it takes the, the word beat very literally. Yes, it it really does. And if he ever gains a tag partner, then they can have the, um, the supernatural gift of lifelong companion, perhaps, you know, or something like that. I thought his tag team partners were squirrels, aren't they? No, that's a different character. Uh, that's oh, a, that's our druid who's 
um, a a shepherd druid, and I was like, "Well, what what creature are you using?" He said, "Well, a squirrel." And I was like, "Did not see that coming." But I also love this. <laughs> and then uh, and then you rained Kronk memes into chat for a while. Yee! Oh, I love it's love all coming those together. Kronk memes. It's all coming together. I but I thought I thought the wrestler took the squirrels the druid squirrels and like use them yes weapons yes i do believe that happened because we were doing this kind of session zero stuff where i was like well why did you meet this person and why did you end up in this scenario and i really have to give credit to everybody that was involved in that because they were just willing to say yes and to everything, mm-hmm. you know, and to just like kind of carry it. And, and nobody was like, well, I wouldn't do that. Or that doesn't make any sense. Right. They're just like, hmm, that's a good question. Okay. Let me, you know, give me a moment. Okay. I think the reason I'm there, it, it might be this, right. And, and it just made for this really positive and really uh, enjoyable and dare I even say uniting session zero, which I, I, I thoroughly uh, was quite pleased with. Man, it's, you know, it's almost like they listen to this show. <laughs> it, it is almost like that. <laughs> right. And well, what, what really tickles me sometimes is that they will refer to things we've said and, and uh, you know, in reference, like, well, it's like you guys say, you know, we do this and I just, that just makes me so happy. It, it, you know, it, it gives your cockles a good warming, right? It does warm my cockles. Um mm. Very Mm-mm. much, very much. And uh, I, I love it. Speaking of uh, of warming the old cockles, <laughs> yeah. how is uh, how is your how is your day? How is your past week? What's oh, happening? man? Um, well, I, I'm going to skip a lot of real life stuff, but I am. <laughs> OK, I am going to talk about games a little bit. Like like I said, we had that session zero. It was awesome. I'm looking forward to. Uh, building that up more i poked my head in there for for a good chunk of it and it was so much fun yeah we were having a good time um and some of that silliness really kind of carried over into last night's session um where i was running running my long-standing homebrew campaign with you and and those guys yes indeed and uh I think I think there were definitely mixed receptions on that one where Who cares? like you were having <laughs> I was about to say like you you were having like the time of your life. You're like, this is what I've been wanting. And like everybody else was like, okay. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Like I I feel like they were thrown off. Oh, for but sure. I feel like that was one hundred percent the intent. And yeah. I don't think that they were having a, anything resembling like not a good time. They were definitely having a time. Um, they were know, having a time. They were definitely having a time of some kind. They were definitely whelmed. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I will say, you know, just to kind of illustrate it, you're kind of the players are in a strange place that is run by, you know, automatons from the plane of uh, order or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're basically running a series, a, a dungeon that is like part vault and also part mansion. And it's also like just a series of tests and riddles. 
and, mm. uh, more than it is like big monster. Although there's going to be some of that and like, yeah, there's oh, definitely deadly traps, <laughs> but there are ways to, to bypass them that aren't, you know, uh, too hard to, to understand. And right. So, you know, m- mostly everything is trying to convey ideas behind the central philosophy of the, um, the creator of the dungeon. And I think it's kind of right. doing that, but one of the tones of this creator is definitely like wacky, you know, yeah, and, or, and a or, little random whimsy. I yeah, think whimsy. Is a, it's a very whimsical, word. you know, mm-hmm. it's like the, it's like if the Feywild and Mechanus met. That's a great uh, illustration. That's yeah. a great way to describe it. I like that. Yeah, it was it was a lot like that. And we you know, we really barely got through any of it. And so there's there's lots more to, to do. I'll definitely have to make sure there's some combat um for next time because we, we just didn't get there, unfortunately. But uh, you know. It's, it, I think everybody ultimately had a good time. So some, some weirdness happened. Uh, I'm all my, about the weirdness. I love yeah. it. Uh, so so I, thought, I thought it was overall pretty fun. I know you had fun. So that's what mattered. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and then on, uh, on Sunday, I, I was, mine. Uh, I was running, you know, here, here's a little information for it. Like my, my Sunday group was interesting because, you know, they're all younger and one of oh, the, yeah, that's uh, the game your daughter's in, right? No, it's not. It's the um, it's a group of homeschoolers that that I do some oh right, some right. teaching it's your, for. It's your paid gig. Yeah, yeah, it's a paid gig. Yeah, it's pretty great. And uh, I've been I've been going a few weeks with these guys, and uh, um, what a family, the, right? Well, yeah, well, sort of. Mm. It's like two families kind of teaming up. Okay, cool. And so, um, regardless. One of the young ladies, you know, just really steps in as a tactician and is just, you know, really, you know, she's, you know, pretty young, you know, and she is like, like directing teenager? everyone. Like, I think like a tween, right? Like pretty young. I okay. don't want to give away too much information. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But like, you know, probably about middle school age, I'd say. And, okay, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, directing the other people around and trying to like understand what all the spells do and how many mm. slots are left and all that other stuff. And uh, they got really into it. And that was r- really cool because they had a difficult challenge. They're all like yeah. about level three. They had to fight this uh, hill giant with a bunch of goblins. Oh, that's that is not a slouch encounter. No. And there's only four of them, you know, and wow. so they had they had to get through it and the, the goblins didn't even get a turn. They, they got roasted immediately. Nice. And, uh, the giant definitely got some licks in, but ultimately they were able to kite and hide and move around and use spells and everything else until the, the giant had nothing left. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool to watch, uh, you know, young people, figure these things out, you know, and, and fight. That for is it. cool. That's very cool. I, I think the fact that you're presenting the, uh, the, the game in general, as well as like it's subsystems and stuff. Um, you know, the, the result 
that you're getting and the things that you're able to observe from your group, I think goes a long way to, um, to showing that you're, that you're doing the job correctly. Like it sounds like you've really got a good feel for this and that it's yielding results that you're consistently pleased with. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, they're, they are younger, so there are definitely some challenges, right? Sure. But, you know, that's, that's very par for the course. And in, in some ways, they, they struggle more than other players. But in other ways, it's surprising, right? And, and sometimes they can work better than adults, right? Yeah. Like, because well, they're not this, working this girl with was a bunch like, of yeah, yeah, with a bunch of people. notions. Like, <laughs> right exactly like they don't have any right right but one of them is like okay everybody get on my back and i will carry you to victory <laughs> right there like, you and, go and i'm just like great awesome and they were just like sure that sounds good i don't have an there idea so why not and uh and it ended up being a good idea and when things started to go south uh, you know this this person got kind of emotional about it like they mm. were getting invested into the situation and wanted to to feel smart and uh, and clever, right? That's awesome. And so part of me was really tempted to, you know, kind of dial the monster back. Um, mm. but I really wanted them to feel this like sense of overcome, you know, to yeah, to to really win. And I had the well, hit points somewhat visible. You know, so I didn't, Ooh. I didn't, I didn't pull punches too much. And I was like, no, this is what, it, what they would do. But I think, but you can do it. I, I think that I, I think that kids especially really appreciate that kind of thing more than maybe a lot of adults give them credit for. Like, you know, a, a kid wants to be respected by adults and taken seriously by adults and a kid can tell when you are you know treating them with kid gloves or doing something that you know you wouldn't typically do were they an adult um yeah i don't know i can't play armchair psychologist too much with it but but like i will say that you remember how hard video games were when you and i were kids Oh man, I went on a trip to the New York Toy Fair and I took my uh my NES classic like the little one with the built-in games that they right, uh, put sure. out. They're and I brutal. hooked it up. Oh my god, I was like was Mario always this hard? I'm dying Dude, so much. Every game when we were kids was Dark Souls. Every game. Yeah. Right? Now that's like a that's like a genre game but actually hard. <laughs> but actually hard it, right that's like a subgenre, brutal. and because most games are like pretty tame and, and of course the main reason for that was was the business model oh, you know sure. because the idea was that you're going down to the quickie mart and you're putting in quarters right yeah so the game so the game needed to kill you right for, oh, for yeah. two reasons one to get more money and also to to get the next kid his turn right Yep. But but now you you buy the game up front and they and part of the selling points is that you get to win. Yeah. You know, because winning is kind of fun. So, you know, but I definitely have seen. (laughs) Yeah, you do got to love your ones. And that's 
that w- that's been the real big challenge with them is getting them to just tell me the number, right? And, oh. and to not and to not say stuff like "Oh, I failed" or whatever. We kind of talked about that last week. Yeah, we did. And then I, I wrote true, an article though. about it. But yeah, it, 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 it was really good. Um, anyway, it, it, my week's pretty filled up with this stuff, frankly. Yeah, man. No kidding. <laughs> and you're, it's just you're, you're pretty busy with this stuff, too. Um, yeah. Always, always. We kind of signed up for it. <laughs> yeah, we did. I, uh, yeah. I've been working on uh, just kind of brainstorming for my next project. And um, man, like the 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 beginning phases of the design process are really it's it's a strange kind of thing because you know before you even put anything down on paper you've got you know this half formed idea in your head and you're trying to kind of workshop things a little bit like okay do i like this idea do i not and mm-hmm. you're almost kind of trying to play hardball with yourself. Like, okay, look, even if I like this idea, does it fit here? Is it appropriate? Yeah. Does it, uh, even if I think this thing is cool, does it actually wind up yielding the result that I want? Or does it actually run counter to what I'm trying to do with the project and all this mm-hmm. stuff? Um, and you know, it's almost like you're just sitting there talking to yourself. <laughs> well, so I'll just be sitting here, like seemingly staring off into space, and then I'll like just all of a sudden grab my pen and start jotting things down in my notebook or whatever. It's, it can feel very like I don't know schizophrenic or something like where sure. I'm just jumping all over the place. Um, but really, but at the same that's, time, you have all that exciting that excitement up front, right? Because yes. it's new and it's open and you know, you can still change directions pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. You know, there was, there's one neat thing that is not work related that I did get to do this weekend. I took, oh, what's that? I took my son down to uh, a game store in the next town over. Oh, cool. Out. And I was looking for some games that I could play with him. Uh, and he's he's five and my daughter is three. And I wanted to find something that I could just sit down and play with the two of them, like and genuinely play it instead of having to like, oh, I'm going to rip out 80 percent of the game and we'll just move things around a board or something. And yeah. I found I found a game called Heroes and Treasure. Sounds and pretty straightforward. It, it is very straightforward. Turns out it was a Kickstarter like a year or two ago or some such. Okay. Um, it seems like most board games these days. Almost. <laughs> it, it, it's, it is a lot of board games. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like baby's first role-playing game. Nice. Like the age range on the box literally says ages four to 104. And I saw that four and I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. And I'm like, I asked the owner about it a bit and he brought his wife and they're like, yeah, you know, we tried it and it's blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. 
brought it home. It has a rule book that's about eight and a half by 11 and maybe six pages. Yeah. Compared to how many pages are in the player's handbook? Like two, like, 200 something, 300 something. I forget. Right. Like I, I've even got, I've got a different I've, book in my hand. That's roughly the same. And it's about yeah, 224. Like, it's, it, you know, it can push up around 300 pages. Right. Yeah. I've even got Gloomhaven here. And even that for a board game that is tries to do what D and D does, but is DM less. Uh, even that has like a 50 some odd page rule book. Like it is yeah. dense. And I've read this, the rules over. I was like, okay, it's, it's pared down. It's reasonable. And as the GM, there's enough stuff, or they call it the, the quest master. Uh, the QM, the QM, um, there's going to be a something M for everything, sure. um, but it was v- so easy to process. Like for the players, you can do one thing on your turn. You can attack, you can move three spaces. You can use one of your spells, which is right on the card. If you want to attack your card literally literally has a colored die on it and you just roll it. If, if there are no pips, it's a miss. If there's one pip, it's a hit. If there happen to be multiple pips, it's a crit. That's it. Dead easy. I got to play my first honest to goodness RPG session that lasted maybe 30 to 45 minutes with my three-year-old and my five-year-old. Wow. And they liked it so much. Here's, here's the metric. When I said, okay, guys, it's time to get ready for bed. I got to clean this up. They started crying because <laughs> I had to clean up this game. Yeah. Like they had such a blast. And what's funny is that the one who seemed to have the most fun was my three-year-old. She loved it. Like she, so how, how much of that do you think though was like the game design versus hanging out with dad? Um, cause that's, that's the trick. I, I was playing with my kid tonight. You know, we were doing connect four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, but she didn't, she didn't cry about it, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's partially the game, but you know, hanging out with dad is something that all kids crave. You know, that's, or your that's mom true. or whoever, you know, they definitely just need that, that time and attention. And, um, yeah, well, I guess my special moment was completely insignificant then and didn't matter no. at all. <laughs> Jesus, Andrew. <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> I'm trying to say the special ingredient was you and maybe the love involved, but, ah, uh, okay. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I I took it I took it the bad way. You meant it the good way. I You're meant right. it the good way. Um, you meant so, it the good way. You know, I think they I'll, really I'll enjoyed the way. heck out of it, though. Oh, that's, and that's she got wonderful. to freeze a goblin to death. That's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's like Ray of Frost, and I was like, Oh my gosh, the, the kids I teach are bloodthirsty. They oh, love yeah, they man. love mayhem. Um, yeah, it's definitely kids are like, 
ready to be taught how to pounce on things like little baby lions, you know? Well, it's like, it's like cartoons. Like like, what, what did Daffy duck do? Like Elmer Fudd would shoot Daffy duck in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. Spins his beak around his face, drop an anvil or a grand piano on somebody, throw him off the cliff, make him eat dynamite or a bomb, (laughs) hit him with a train. Some of of these are really brutal. We're like itchy and scratchy really didn't have to exaggerate that much. Man. Um, so Ren and Stimpy. Well, that was a, that was a different kind of challenge let's say oh, they were lord they were introducing kids to other topics um <laughs> so anyway speaking of topics yeah there it is there it yeah. is yeah we're well over time so yeah let's get started um <laughs> he said halfway through the show yeah let's I'm sorry let's, let's Let's start the show now. Let's um, start the show. Thank come you. Come on, if you've been listening to around. it, like you know, up till now, you know, you know what we're about. You so, know what we're about. Yeah, it's all. Uh, love. Let's talk about dragons. Oh, dragons! Dragons are cool. This is science. Yeah, it's um, just an objective truth. It's just an objective truth. So, uh, dragons be cool. Dragons and be cool. So here's the thing. You know, this isn't necessarily a product review, but we're definitely going to be looking at Fizzbands, right? So, okay. Fizzbands, Treasury of Dragons. Let me ask you a philosophical question. All right. What's a dragon? Okay. <laughs> Do you mean this metaphorically? Or? Just answer no. the question. No Just further answer help the given. dang question. Um, <laughs> To me, a dragon is a typically a serpentine beast that is usually very large, but not always. Um, and there's, you know, there's the the argument between like, you know, is it a wyvern or is it a dragon? You know, if the front limbs are only wings or if it has like four legs and wings, but Generally, I imagine a very, very big uh, reptilian beast yeah, that, sure. you know, typically has wings um, unless you're going like the the sea monster route where it tends to be more snake like. The dra- dragons can have a pretty broad yeah. definition, right? And, and the way you and I think about dragons is going to probably be more western oriented yes right versus an eastern oriented uh beast that might convey different feelings it it, it strikes me that you that a couple of words that you used one being beast yeah and one being serpentine i would uh i would maybe adjust that a bit i think i think maybe reptilian is yeah perhaps a slightly better word um but yeah scaly right scaly right um cold-blooded you you know so here's here's you know the the thing about that when when you say serpentine especially but we could say we could amend to reptile but certainly serpentine as well as beast for me those are very biblical images right yeah that's true and particularly you know knowing a little bit about your background that makes uh, a little more sense to me. 
right? Mm. It is dragons are in many ways the quintessential enemy of mankind, right? Yeah, because you know we're <laughs> we're the apes dominant and we're apex predator, right? Yeah, uh, we have the thing that you know from my perspective, you know, our ancestors didn't like snakes too much, and if and if you could get away from them you know, or if you were afraid of them, even your odds of survival were maybe a little higher. Right. Sure. And, and so in either case, dragons in many way represent power. They represent fear. They represent destruction, but they're also mm. these sort of beautiful, majestic things, you know, yeah, it is, they are disaster incarnate. You they know. they really do kind of occupy this sort of uh you know force of nature made flesh sort of thing, don't they? They really are. And in you know, Dungeons and Dragons, they they take it a step further and they really oh. go into their like magical nature, right? Like these That's are true. These are almost magic elementals in a way. Mm. Um and they have they can have a huge impact on the 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 weave as it's called to you know the the way that all the different material planes and and elemental planes and everything else you know converge into forming what we know as the material plane right so Mm -hmm. you know a dragon dies and it can have an impact and can have this like ripple effect that affects existence you know right so, you know, in D&D, it makes sense. I mean, dragon is literally in the name. They they take it that extra step further. And uh, it's really cool. So in, in Fizzbands, um, Treasury of Dragons is what the, the book is called. And it's it's quickly becoming one of my absolute favorite nice. D&D um, expansion books, right? I had one from 3.5 back in the day called the Draconomicon, which I always uh, really liked. It had all these like cool it's very similar drawings of like dragon anatomy and thing like it was a really cool just uh, even just an art book or like a like a uh, biological oh, yeah. reference. It was I love that kind of stuff. It's really cool. I, I'm pretty sure I had one of those as well. Uh, I think absolutely. you might have. Yeah, yeah. Because I I collected a lot of the three five books and and third edition books. Your your uh, bookshelf definitely got a workout. It definitely did. I I think I did eventually sell most of those books. I I kept just the core, really. Mm. Um, But it's kind of too bad. I wish I had held on to them because even in a new version, a lot of that information still carries over. Right. But whatever. I didn't know I was still going to be doing this. Right. So um, the that actually has a chapter in this book called Draconomicon. So it's definitely the spiritual successor and it's meant to be. Similar, but different, right? Nice. So the book opens up with two chapters that don't matter. And then when we get into chapter three, this is where we really <laughs> get the into the don't matter. That's a, what are player those? stuff. This player oh, stuff okay. is, is, is stupid, right? They have stuff about Whoa, like, so, don't, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but they don't matter. <laughs> the, the, the first part's like, hey, here's a couple subclasses and you're like, great. <laughs> Unless you're a player. It's not like Xanathar's where they're like, okay, here's like two or three new subclasses per class, right? Or Tasha's, Uh, right? They both, those are like the more player centric books, even though they have a lot of good stuff for GMs too. This, this book is like 10% for players, 
right? Ah, okay. You okay. know, and it's like, okay, GMs, now that the kids have gone home. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Let's let's really have some fun. No, everybody right. can enjoy it, obviously. There's good stuff for everyone here. And I think especially if you want to play a Dragonborn, there's a lot of, like, good things there, too. But chapter three, nah. Dragons in Play, okay? This is where we really start the process of mm. building a dragon. And that's what I want us to do is build a Building, dragon. Build, oh, <laughs> I want to build a dragon. All right. Is this going to be like, uh, like Sally from nightmare before Christmas, where we're just going to like stitch together a bunch of like random <laughs> stuff, make us a patchwork dragon be like the, we're not really going to physically put one together as much as we're going to make the personality because what, what this book really does is say, you know, not all red dragons are exactly the same person. You know, these well, are be a trip. These are complex, highly intelligent individuals mm. and they have their own motivations, even if there are some commonalities between them. Right. Like, OK, white dragons typically like to freeze their food like popsicles and then eat them that mm. way. Right. And so there's going to be more ice themed things, but they're still going to be different from one another. Yeah. You know, that's that's another, I think important uh general aspect to to dragons um like to to go with what we were thinking of before that i i think a lot of times when i think of dragons i do think like intelligent too like on a human or even superhuman level like these are these are creatures who are thinking and processing information on a level that might that might well be beyond what we are even capable of. Right. Um, and I and feel certainly like that in can the universal. In in most of the D D settings, that's true, right? It, in right. Theros, actually, Theros is actually one of the uh, exceptions to that. There's only mm. two types of dragons, and they're m- much more like just big beasts. Okay. Right? But you know, and depending on what fantasy world you're even talking about in the first place and what fandom you're doing. You know, mm. they can range from smarter to humans to about as smart as humans to, okay, they're a little bit better than horses. Yeah. To, these things are wild forces of nature. Right? Yeah. I know. So the, certainly the Smaug Witcher from the Hobbit is that is, way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like Smaug is, you know, very intelligent, but he's also very greedy and hubristic. Like he's got a lot of character flaws. Right. You know. And uh, in many ways, that that fiction has informed the way a lot of dragons and fantasy have been portrayed. You know, uh, for instance, the idea of having the horde, right? Yeah. Not like a bunch of followers necessarily, but that big pile of gold you're sleeping on. You know, that's right. Definitely, the, you know, carried on here. In fact, there's stuff in this book about building a horde oh. for your dragon. Right. So. Without, you know, let me just read this quick paragraph and then we'll get started. Okay. Do it. Hit me. Do your best. Morgan Freeman. This is on page 31 of the book, by the way. Uh, Dragons are complex creatures with varied personalities, goals, priorities, and mannerisms. In that respect, they're much like mortal folk. But dragons are also shaped by their specifically draconic characteristics, including incredibly long lifespans fundamentally magical biology and the sheer enormity of their power. That's pretty good. Mm. 
But the the main important thing is these things are cool, but also they have personalities. Yes. So let's build that up. But let's start as superficially as we can. Andrew, we're going to do dragon appearance to begin. Dragon appearance. All right. Hit me. Are are you noting these things? You need Ah, to take notes, sir. I need to take notes. Okay. You need to take notes because I am a teacher. (laughs) Ah, I need to take notes. Okay. Let me. I I love how uh, during our session zero, Tiana was like, yes, Mr. Power. Yes, (laughs) Mr. Power. I was like, (laughs) would you please? Turn to page 733 in your text. Turn to your book, Mr. Good morning, Mr. Power. (laughs) Okay. Give me a D20. Well, it's going to be a long drive, man. You don't have one on hand that you can use? Roll a 20-sided die. Snape, Snape, Severus, Snape, Snape. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's cocked. Come on. 17. Extra horns or spines. Yeah. <laughs> that's an Andrew roll right there. Extra horns slash horns. There's an By the N way, in uh, horns. on the... On the very next page, it, ha- it it does a wonderful little illustration of this. It has two red dragons side by side, right? Little portraits of these dragons. Mm-hmm. And the left one is this kind of chonky dragon, right? He's, a, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's had a bit to eat and he's holding like the bone of some animal. Right. But on. he's also got these like runic tattoos he's kind of carved on himself, right? And Ooh, they're really cool. cool. So the man likes to eat and he also likes to look pretty, right? Mm. Um, you look at the one to the right, thin, lithe, beautiful, much more feminine looking, mm. uh, adorned with ringlets and ribbons and just very sort of, uh, you know, there's a lot of like avarice here, right? Oh, uh, okay. Fancy. So it's like right away of like gluttony versus envy, right? Gotcha. And so that's very cool. Even, even the ribbons are green, which is which is number one, a nice Ooh. contrast to the red scales. And number two, it's symbolic, right? Yeah. So that's very cool. Okay. Dragon mannerisms, D20. Oh, nat 20, baby. <laughs> Your dragon is deeply suspicious, treating all humanoids encountered as probable agents of a rival dragon. Uh, here we go. We're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. My brain's making stuff. All right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. We've done this exercise before. We we know. We know how this goes. All right. Give me the D10 for the oh. dragon bond. A 10. All right. Dragon bond. I won't rest until I retrieve an item stolen from my horde. Two. Yes. So right now he's got extra horns. He's very suspicious of others, and he wants to get an item back. It also, I guess that kind of explains why he's suspicious, right? He's been stolen Mm. from. Okay. So, Dragon Flaws and Secrets is the next table. D10. Oh, wait. Okay. So, so the result for number two, or uh, 
the 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 thing that we rolled was that he's trying to retrieve a stolen item. Yes. Okay. That was right. the bond. That's what, so the bond is like why you're doing whatever you're doing, right? Okay. Okay, it's like your your quick character motivation. Okay. Okay. What are we rolling for the next one? So flaws and secrets. Okay. And that's another D10? That's a D10. Yeah, right. Go for it. There we go. Oh, wow. Even even after I bumped it, same thing. Four. Okay, I would rather let my fearsome reputation scare away intruders than fight them off. Okay, would rather scare than fight. Yeah, so, so far, I'm get, definitely getting the sense of a very paranoid personality. Yes. Right, which is very cool. This, is, this can make for a good antagonist. Uh, dragons can also be your allies, though, of course. Yes, and, they definitely can. And so far, it can kind of work either way. That, okay. That'll be interesting. All right. So we're going to come back to more personality stuff a little bit later. But the okay. next page takes us to the name. Ooh. <laughs> All right. All right. So the thing about naming your dragon is that it, this book helps you get that big, long, complicated dragon name that one yeah. might expect it's like difficult to pronounce you could not possibly comprehend my true <laughs> name so instead That's right. my name is roger <laughs> huh. roger most, the dragon and most most of them have like nicknames that sort of Raj, describe them or <laughs> instill a certain feeling right so let's go ahead and roll the, we're going to give your dragon one to four elements. Let's go all four. All four. Go big or Kay. go home, baby. So roll a d20. All right. So, so the first five. Five. Okay. All right. His name begins with Cologne. Spell that? C-A-L-A-U-N. C-A-L-A-U-N. Oh, okay. That's, go ahead and that's roll again. Me. All right. Nineteen. 19. Okay. Valos. Whoa. Okay. Next. Okay. Yeah. Roll again. 10. 10. Okay. Malay. M-A-L-A-Y? Sure. Okay. Okay. And then, like, it doesn't matter. All right. Roll a T20 again. It does matter. All right. Nat 20, baby. Okay. Zyreth. Whoa. Okay, so I'm going to let you practice that in your head one or two times. There it is. There's your dragon name. All right, I'm going to mash it together. So here we go. Give me just a second. Yeah. And by the way, it says, uh, if you like, you can rearrange these elements and add or drop letters to create a smoother flow or a more dramatic sound. I like it. That sounds there like a dragon go. said that. Kalonvalos. Ooh, that's got a nice ring to it. Mm. <laughs> you know yeah. where that ring is? In his hoard. All right. In his hoard. <laughs> um, and then it says, for nicknames, look for inspiration in the dragon's abilities, mannerisms, or most famous acts. Right? So we can get more into that later. Maybe we'll yep. finish him off with a nickname. Cool. And then it, it talks a little bit about customizing him with like spells and traits and action, whether or not he can transform into a humanoid, uh, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of good stuff. And then it talks about lifespan, 
So there's various goals for different ages of dragons. You know, in D&D, they like to break it up into like four different ages from wormling to ancient. Yeah, definitely. So I'll, I'll give you the choice of how old this dragon is. Ancient. Definitely. Okay. You're like, obviously, He's, let's go. Ancient. Well, like I'm I'm thinking about the 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 paranoid dragon and I'm thinking about this dragon who like that's how he's been around that long similar to how you've been saying you were talking about our ancestors and snakes this dragon has survived this long by being constantly wary yes yes which might make him difficult to even locate right that might be part of your your player's quest is even right. just try to find this guy without him like getting away or, or trying to scare you off or something. Right. Um, so roll a D six for this dragon's goals. Okay. You know, it also kind of leans into the idea of um, like, maybe he's going a little senile or something. Like oh that. yeah. Like sure. his mind is starting to go. Right. Ooh. Maybe that's why you can hunt him. Maybe the other dragons are like, Hey, it's time for this guy to go. Yeah, so get a little help. He's up past his bedtime. Uh, I <laughs> rolled a one. Okay. Uh, his goal is to avoid decline by becoming <laughs> undead or seeking magical alternatives to aging. <laughs> okay. Doesn't want to die to age. Yes. Okay. Awesome. That sounds... That sounds fitting. Yeah. So not too bad. Uh, There's a bunch of other tables here. I'm going to skip that are very specific to what the nature of your campaign might be. Like it goes into like organizations and cults and all kinds of fun stuff. But we're going to we're just going to go right um, to something different. We're going to go to an adventure hook. Mm. Um, And here I do have to choose. Um one of these ideas so you know what no let's skip that let's skip that okay let's see so there's different uh ways that they might have a relationship with a player if Mm. they are like not necessarily an enemy but let me ask you this do we want this to be an enemy or do we want this to be an ally or maybe it's an ally that can become an enemy what are you thinking I would say an enemy that could become an ally. I'm thinking that this dragon is losing it and maybe has been losing it. And okay. Is and is in a state where in his current state, he is, he's dangerous very much. So, but I feel like if you helped him the right way, that could change. Right. Okay. All right, so give me a D20. Okay. One. Okay. Uh, The dragon is trying to eliminate a business rival through ruthless (laughs) competition or underhanded means, and the rival seeks the character's help. Okay, so that one kind of defines what their relationship to you might be, right? So you might get help originally from someone who's helping you take down this old dragon. But it turns out it's a dragon himself. Whoa. That just <laughs> bent my brain around. Wait a minute. Yeah. So run, run that down for me again. You're like, I did not expect business owner. So I'm probably mixing stuff in here and I'll do. But anyway, 
the dragon is trying to eliminate a business rival through ruthless competition or underhanded means. Okay. And the rival seeks the character's help. Maybe he suspects this business rival of being the, the entity that stole the thing he's trying to get back. Yeah. Maybe so. His, his, his rival runs a freaking pawn shop. That's worth a thousand dollars if it's worth a nickel. How are you selling it for 10 bucks? It's an insult. It's an insult. Okay, let's skip a bit and go straight to the Draconomicon. All right. And get back into this this character's persona a little bit. Words to live by. Let's skip a bit. Here we've got to make a choice. Okay. Okay. Uh, what kind of dragon ultimately are we talking about? And when it comes to this book, there's a ton of dragons, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just talking about like the original chromatics or even the metallics. Now we've got like gem dragons and stuff and fairy dragons right. and uh, all kinds of crazy crap. Okay. So <laughs> what, what give me one. Oh man. Let me, let me think of something insane. Uh, like smoke. Is there a smoke dragon? <laughs> Is there a smoke dragon? Uh, let me see here. Well, we've got a black dragon, um, which doesn't breathe smoke, but you know, uh, there are various types of, uh, let me see. There's a shadow dragon. Ooh. Does that work? Oh my God. How the heck would somebody steal something from a shadow dragon? That sounds particularly difficult. Um, seems seems that way. Seems that way. I I have a uh, hard, there's I I feel now now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it it needs to be like mortal or like very very physical. Okay, I mean these all can be killed, right? But it's it's hard to imagine something made out of like shadow or smoke or this kind of almost like an intangible sort of thing. Okay. Like kind of going nuts. All right. Where are you, you going to wanna... go with it? What are you going to go with, man? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Just pick. It's oh man. All right. Silver, silver, a silver dragon. Okay. Interesting. I, I rolled a D 10. I figured if it was, the low half would be chromatic, high half it'd be metallic. Okay. Ten was going to be gold. Let me let me find where they organize this. Uh, is this in alphabetical order? Yeah, it looks like it might be. Okay. All right, sapphire, shadow, silver. Okay. So, creating a silver dragon. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Roll a D8 for the personality trait. Here we go. Eight. People must earn my respect, and they're failing badly. Wow. <laughs> that, that, I love that. That's great. Yeah. All right. Failing okay. Badly. Ideal D6. All right. Six. Okay. Now, before I tell you the one you got, I just want you to know that one of the one of the options here is sensualism. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> but that's not the one you got. Oh, um, my. But this one actually kind of makes some sense. Okay. Ownership. Oh, my God. 
Okay. This town, these families, this world, I've spent centuries watching over them, and they belong to me. Wow. <laughs> I'm digging this guy more by the second. Simba, look on day. All this shall be yours. Because right now it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> right now you ain't got crap. <laughs> you gotta earn this by 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 just being born to Oh my gosh. We'll talk about that been, later. <laughs> this would have been such a fantastic movie if Mufasa was just like this toxic dad the whole time. <laughs> Oh look my at him. God. Look at him getting stomped all over by those wildebeests. That dude had it coming. <laughs> Simba's just like, well, <laughs> anyway. Dad! Whoa, this movie <laughs> just took a turn. <laughs> he turns to Scar. He's like, good idea, Uncle Scar. You always were my favorite boy. <laughs> like, they actually team up. Yeah. Because just because they both hate Mufasa, they go great. eat Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, no, <laughs> very That's... different character. Um, okay, so let's get back to the silver dragon. Um, <laughs> give me an ad- okay, here's an adventure hook. So that's pretty okay. cool. Uh, roll a d8. All right, three. All right, a disgraced knight tries to escape the attention of the silver dragon, whose kindness the knight once took advantage of. Huh, so I guess the knight. Definitely got some help, but then he forgot that that means that the dragon owns him, I guess. <coughs> and now he's trying to get away from the dragon's, like, I own you for your own good kind of outlook. That's kind so, of interesting. That's complicated. Kalonvalos used to be cool. Maybe. Since, since then, well, it says whose kindness the the knight once took advantage of so that assumes that 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 insinuates that he was at one point kind well i mean he could even show kindness now it's not like he's incapable of kindness but sure let's go with that let's say that he used to be a different person and then Mm. he became ancient and then he he became real ancient his brain just started going south and he started it started going yeah yeah okay all right what do we got next? Okay. All right. Now he said he was uh, ancient. Okay. Yeah. So the next thing the section is about connections. And Ooh. I haven't read this. So just roll the D4. Okay. <laughs> All right. D4. I don't know what this means. Four. Okay. An ancient like silver dragon has become the figurehead and protector of a clan of frost giants. Whoa. Isn't that cool? So like, man, half your campaign's like built now. No kidding. <laughs> just so from, many questions. Figure, just from figuring out this this dragon. And then it's going to get into like what a silver dragon layer looks like. It even has a map, which is cool. Oh, dang. Um, and every and, and it has this, by the way, for every different type of dragon, which is awesome. How long is this book? Like 230, 240? It, it's, it's around there. It's around there. The one I was holding is 224. Gotcha. So it's it's pretty good. Um, Just for fun, give me a D10. Okay. Eight. So this is just an art object that this silver dragon has. Okay. Okay. 
This is a cape studded with gemstones and featuring epaulets of egret feathers set on the shoulders of a battered tailor's mannequin. It's It belonged to the knight. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, you're mine. So that's mine. So put it over there. <laughs> that's right. Ooh, gem encrusted. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it really is. You know, I I wonder if, what if the knight gave that to the dragon mm. to say like, look, if you let me go, I'll give you my prized possession. And right. the dragon in a moment of lucidity mm. goes, sure. Yeah. You give me that. And tomorrow morning I'll open my lair and let you go. Tomorrow morning rolls around and his brain is fuzzy and he's not lucid anymore. And he doesn't remember that at all. He sees the mm. thing on the mannequin and goes, that's always been there. That's mine. What are you talking mm. about? You just gave that to me. You're full of crap. You're staying. I can't believe you thought you could just leave. Who do you think you are? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Woo. It's getting heavy. Yeah. Oh, it's good. All right. Well, we're a little bit over time. We could wrap it up now, or we could talk about what's in the his dragon horde. <laughs> let's do a let's do a couple more. Okay, so let's let speed round. Okay, okay, all right. Give me a D ten. D ten. Three. Okay, the coins that are that are in the hoard. Okay, okay. These coins from an ancient culture local to the region, ancestral to the people who live here now. So these could be like ancient frost giant currency that he has, mm. like in his giant piles here. That could be really cool. Okay, next thing. Okay. So it does have a table here that breaks down all the like copper, silver and gold and everything else for the various different ages. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just to kind of get us, get us moving. All right. Just give me a D 100 and we'll, we'll look at some of the mundane items. All right. 90. 90. Okay. So one of the options is a small shrine with a statuette, a brazier at an altar dedicated to a god worshipped by many of the dragon's minions. Mm. All right. Now, those are just mundane items, but that can give hints as to the, the background story, right? Yeah. And you can kind of build plot off of that. And that tells us that the dragon has minions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure does. And then it goes further in into, like, what gems are in the horde, and art objects and magic items. And they refer to like the magic item tables and in the DMG, of course. Sure. So, um, so that's pretty good. And so a lot of those art objects you could get back from that, um, that silver dragon art collection. Yeah. That's in the silver dragon section. Right. Or of course you can pull things from the, the DMG. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff and you've basically spent all this time making one character and the inferences that you get, this is why the book is so helpful, right? Yeah. Because it makes your brain move. Yep. And as a GM, you're just like, sometimes you're just overwhelmed with options, right? Or, yeah. you know, you know, you, your players want certain things, but you don't know exactly what to start putting down and right. you, your brain will immediately just go to the tropes that, you know. Yep. And it's it's nice to have something just kind of 
help grease the wheels a little bit. Just like you do with dangerous destinations or with, you know, spectacular settlements, of course. Exactly. That, as you were saying that, I was like, that's exactly what was in my head doing both of those books. Yep. So I love any of these books that give us helpful tables to like, just help me be creative and, Mm -hmm. and make it, make preparation into a bit more of a game. Yeah. Because we want to play too, right? So You know, to me, that's really important. Very, very cool. This is this is awesome. Um, Do we have any more or is that it? So, like I say, the book has got a ton more tables in it for very specific situations. Uh, Like I probably shouldn't have had you roll to on that thing that made him like a business owner. But there are things where the dragon has like a teaching relationship or it's a warlord or it's, you know, crime boss like Mm. There's all these different, you know, little specific things that you can look through the book and, and find. And that's why the last three chapters are of particular interest and use. OK, nice. But that should be enough to to kind of get you started with a dragon who is distinct. Right. You you could just go to that monster manual and it'll say like, well, here's what silver dragons are like. Right. And yeah. that information is still relevant. But now you know who this silver dragon is. Oh, the last thing that we didn't do. You need Ooh. to give this guy a name, a, a oh, nickname. Oh, yes. All right. So how do we do that? Like, is there is there a table for that? There's or? not a table, but the, su- the suggestion was the nickname should come from his abilities or his uh. type or his appearance or his personality. You know, a combination of those things. In some way, right? Okay. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's gotta be, it's gotta be something contrary to, uh, to his current state. Okay. So, so he had already that, earned the name before. Something that speaks to the greatness that he used to be. Yeah. Um, and the knight said that, uh, or didn't say, but the entry about the knight said that he used to be kind, that he, yeah, um, maybe generous, right? Maybe generous, that he looks at everything as his and his domain. But part of that, uh, also is that that sense of ownership and pride, like he, he cares about, or maybe cared duh, about. I think he still does. I think he's just senile, right? Like you were saying, right, right. The um, maybe not the uh, man. It almost has me thinking like the guardian, but that seems like a little on the nose. Okay, like I think that's a start of an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Something, someone that these smaller beings would have thought to run to you could go with the shield or goodness. Yeah. Give me like a couple of words, put a, put like a couple of descriptive words together. You know, here it says our fourth role was that it would rather frighten than fight. It would rather, it prefers to scare. Mm. So maybe it, prefers to kind of dominate with its force of personality. Okay. And 
its reputation and kind of just its general way of being. It relied on its strength of personality as itself a deterrent. And maybe that's where its nickname came from. Ooh, what about the Bastion? Okay, sure. The Bastion. Makes him sound more like a place, I will say. It it does. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of it, honestly. <laughs> um, like now that I've said it out out loud, yeah. I'm not feeling it. Not feeling it. Um hmm. how about Sebastian? <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian. The seaweed is always green. Oh my goodness. Um <laughs> man, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be cutting out a lot of this. I, uh, I yeah, I was about to say you need to like edit the crap out of this part because I yeah totally stumped you. You really did. Naming is always the hardest thing. All right, pal, come on. What you got? I I got nothing. I'm drawing a freaking <laughs> blank. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could probably come up with one. Um. Yeah, Silver Crow. Like, okay. Like the Scarecrow or Shining Heart or... Mm, okay, I, I get where you're going. Um, What about... Shimmer Scale. <laughs> Sounds super lame. <laughs> Shimmer Scale. <laughs> like, like he'll show up and have a, a little disco ball hanging around his neck or something. Uh, old Silver Eye. Ooh, I now we're now we're getting somewhere. Old silver eye. How about Argentus? I'm I almost wanted to go with like Argent. Yeah, Argent something would work. But there's a uh, there's a dragon that is related to the Curse of Strahd mythos that has something like that. Mm. I don't want to ape it. But yeah, my brain was thinking that too. Um, I like the idea of having old in front of the name. How about gray tooth? Yeah. Because silver is kind of like gray, but gray is also old. Yeah. Yeah. I like, oh, what a, can we work in tarnish? Mm, okay. Like. Uh, and the tarnish is pretty long already. No, it is long. No, let's let's go with let's go with the uh, uh, old gray tooth. All right, old gray tooth. I like that. Yeah, he's long in the tooth. He's gray of hair, you might say. Yeah, gray is kind of like silver. Certainly is. There's um, there's even a character in uh, the Malazan series called Graymane. That dude's really cool. There's also a Graymane in uh, World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. So they. So there you go. There's your dragon. You've got his official name, which one, once again is what? Kalanvalos Malaisareth. <laughs> you have to say it in the voice, of course, to pronounce it properly. Kalanvalos. Oh, got it. Say it. It sounds so good. <laughs> it feels good to say. Kalanvalos. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's got a it's But got the a people nice... call me Old Grey Tooth. The kind. <laughs> the covetous. <laughs> the covetous. <laughs> I mean, now. I, mean, I wasn't <laughs> always this way. 
Oh man, what if he what if when he spoke he sounded kind of like Gopher from Winnie the Pooh where he like whistles when he speaks? <laughs> what? The? Like I didn't see that one coming. Like his like his uh like his his teeth really have kind of grown long and it gives him like a like a whistle. I mean, I guess <laughs> that would you just that would really probably fit my that would probably fit my uh, homebrew world. Yeah, everyone's like more westerny. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So, oh man, this was this was really cool. Like this makes me want to pick up uh, fizz bands. Definitely. Oh yeah, I would. I would definitely highly recommend it. You know, I I definitely put it in my top five expansion books for right for five e. Uh, probably along with like Theros and, and Xanathars and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's definitely one of the better ones. Very cool. Well, thank you for running me through this, man. Like this gave me a really, really good taste and like, man, the stuff that we got out of this and I just have one little page of notes jotted down and like, there's, there's legitimate groundwork here for an entire campaign. Oh yeah, there there really is, right? And we've done that a couple of times with these various exercises. Yeah, you know, like when we made the villain uh, Ovak, the yeah, the, the half orc, the, the purger, you know, Ovak, the, the purger. purger. That's right. Yeah, like we built the whole campaign around her life, right? And and that was great. So this is just another good way that GMs out there can can get to know stuff, and you know the. Everyone that knew about this book was so excited. My my Storm Kings group was like, so can we just like do this? <laughs> I don't know what we're doing next, but I want to kill dragons and make their bodies into stuff and gain special gifts from like eating their hearts and stuff. You know, awesome. Because by the way, that stuff's in here, too. Oh, geez. so so cool. Like, yeah, dude, just nonstop. If if you want hardcore dragon awesomeness pick up this dang book yes you really you really do need to and after all the game is called dungeons and dragons and uh dragons are cool as we established dragons are cool objectively that's right objectively even if they're senile and they were holding a good night against his will you know he meant well he thinks he's doing the right thing right you know we've all uh, had that day his dragon kids maybe you know, take us home, Andrew. They're they're gone. They uh, his his dragon. He's mad because his dragon kids were thinking about putting him in a home, but he wouldn't have it. And just you know, oh my god, could you imagine a dragon nursing home? That's an image. <laughs> that is an image. Oh man! All right, let's wrap this up. So, first of all, we. As always, want to say thank you to our wonderful coterie of patrons, Kate Protaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, our very newest patron, Chris, Logan, and Punch and Potato. Thank you, all of you. You are the best around, and nothing's ever going to keep you down. So, if you would like to be like those fine folks who cannot be kept down, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point 
and check out what we got going on there. And if you join at any tier, you will get access to our excellent and highly refined private Patreon community. Not Patreon, Discord, our private Discord community is what I would have said if I spoke correctly the first time. Uh, And if you join at the $20 tier, you will get to participate in a regular campaign with the one and only Mr. Adam Power. And uh, if you talk to some of our patrons, you'll find out the exquisite level of quality that you are in for if you sign up for that kind of treat. So otherwise, if you would like to check out our website, you can head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. And if you would like to connect with us on social media, you can find three little bubbles on the top right-hand side of our website that'll take you to Facebook, Twitter, and also to our Patreon. And if you're on a mobile device, those bubbles will be in the top center. You shouldn't be able to miss them. And so all that rigmarole out of the way, I will leave you with this. Just because you think you know a dragon doesn't mean you know all the dragons. So think outside the dragon box. Make one that's different. Make one that's unique and interesting. And uh, maybe even go out and pick up Fizzbands because it's basically like uh, Build-A-Bear, but for dragons. Build a dragon, <laughs> if you will. Kind of is, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And there's This episode our, uh, is not sponsored by Wizards of the Coast. Or Build-A-Bear. Um, <laughs> could you, that'd be kind of cool. So, uh, and that's also going to be the title of this episode, build a dragon. And until next time, all y'all stay inspired. Bye. 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 Everybody. Bye.